Vegeta, what does the scouter say about his power level? It's over 9,000! Make a hole with a gun perpendicular to the name of this town in a desktop globe. Exit wound in a foreign nation, showing the home of the one this was written for. My apartment looks upside down from there. Water spirals the wrong way out the sink. And her voice is a backwards record. It's like a whirlpool and it never ends. And her aim and I are getting old and we still haven't walked in the glow of each other's majestic presence. Listen and hear my words to the ones you would think I would say if there was a me for you. Welcome back to the Anti-Gamers Podcast. This is podcast number two for Sunday, July 6th, 2008. In this podcast, you'll hear a press conference that I attended with voice actors Brian Drummond, his son Aiden Drummond, and Brad Swale, recorded on June 20th at Anime Next. That's the first day of the convention. Along with me in the press conference were DJ Ranma and Kuro Usagi from the Anime Jam Session podcast, and also two reporters from Montclair University's newspaper, The Montclairian. I'll give you a quick rundown on who the voice actors are. Brian Drummond is a prolific voice actor from Vancouver who has done American and Japanese shows. He was Zex Marquis on Gundam Wing, Vegeta in, Dragon, in the original Dragon Ball Z dub. He's the guy who did over 9,000. And he was also Ryuk in Death Note and the Death Note live-action movie. Brad Swale is, has also been in a similar number of productions. He was Katra in Gundam Wing, Amuro Ray in the original Gundam, and a ton of characters in other Gundam shows. He also plays Light in Death Note, and he's got a, a long list just like Brian. Brian's son, Aiden Drummond, is new to the industry, but he has played a minor character who I'm not familiar with in Death Note, since I haven't seen the whole show. And he's also been working a lot in the American animation industry. He's, uh, he's I think, around 13 years old, so he's a pretty young voice actor. I apologize for some of the audio problems there might be in this episode, I had to stop the recording partway through and restart just to make sure that I had a usable copy of the audio. And also, I wasn't able to record the introductions of the interviewers, which is myself, the people from Anime Jam Session, and the people from the Montclairian, so I'm going to have to interject into the podcast to let you know who's who. I hope you enjoyed the podcast, and I guess now's as good a time as any to give everyone in America a belated happy 4th of July. Enjoy. I'm Brian Drummond from Vancouver, BC, up in Canada. I've been doing, uh, working in the animation and performing um, industry probably since about 1991, animation since about 93. And um, a lot of anime in that time, and um, a, a ton of prelay work, which is where we do all the recording before shows are animated. So I've worked with pretty much every company that does that does it uh, across the board here over the past um, 15 years almost now, as far as animation is concerned. And my son, Aiden Drummond here, of Dragged, 
kicking and screaming into the business? No. <laughs> or he's kicked me and screamed at me to get into the business. So. Yeah, I'm, as he said, I'm the son, and I guess I'm walking in his footsteps, I guess, <laughs> doing the same thing. Talking I haven't done yeah. yeah. I haven't done it for as long, but I still <laughs> no. have done it. Yeah, because I'm 15, you turned 13 today, so yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Happy birthday, yeah. buddy. Yeah, yeah. So we'll sing to you later. And yeah. <laughs> Probably about five or six times. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but he's been at it for the voice side of things. He started doing tons of film stuff when he was a kid, when you were... Commercials, commercials and stuff when you were oh, younger no. and then started doing film when he was you know five or six or seven did some some bigger features in a tv series sci-fi series up in canada and then Collector. kept begging me i want to do cartoons I'm like okay i'll drag you to some <laughs> some radio spots and start doing some radio spots and then he started you know booking all the parts that brad couldn't voice anymore because he was <laughs> <laughs> I can still do 12. I can still <laughs> give me the part i can do it <laughs> Is that my turn now? Yeah. Okay. Hi, uh, my name is Brad Swale. I'm voice actor from Vancouver as well. Um, yeah, uh, been doing voice acting for quite a while now. Um, as for me, it's kind of a part-time job. I do graphic design illustration as my quote quote real job, which unfortunately I still have to have until uh, until the voice stuff makes me a millionaire. <laughs> and on the side, I play uh, baseball in the summer, hockey in the winter, and uh, play drums for my band, which is called In Ovo. And that's me in a nutshell. Good thing you're a drummer, too. I didn't know. Brand new. Did you drummer? Yeah. yeah. Oh, First yeah. year. He's like, what else does Brad do? What do, you do? <laughs> He'll leave from here and go, I need to be on a hockey team and yeah. a ball team. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'll get you a hockey Let's team. See. Okay, we'll try and find a kit while we're in town here. Yeah. yeah. Rock out. Yeah, he's got a nice little pearl kit that he's just starting. Yeah, that's uh, working the first I'm a year. pearl guy myself oh, as well. Cool, cool. You know. All right, fire away. Who's Start first? You guys over there, the Montclairian. These are the Montclairian people. I'll start with a college question. Did you guys go to college? And if you did, what was it for? Yes, I did go to college. I went to, uh, and specifically for acting, for stage. And um, as soon as I got out of high school, I worked for about a year to make up enough money. And then I, I auditioned for... Um, a program called Studio 58 in Vancouver, which is one of the top stage programs in Canada. There's probably the, the National Theatre School in Montreal and Studio 58 are sort of two of the top ones for stage. And, and I managed to get into the program and for three years took um, uh, stage acting lessons and I wanted to be a stage performer. And that's actually where I met my wife. We were both in the same term, his mother. And um, so you're kind of a product of Studio 58 as well. But, <laughs> but uh, we both graduated from that program in uh, 1991. And then I did worked on stage for a while and uh, did film and TV and, and uh, slid into the voice side of things in about 93, 94. Yeah. Me? I'm not quite there yet, <laughs> yeah. but I'll get there someday. I don't know if I'll go to university or college, but... Yeah, I guess I'll choose later. <laughs> Do you want to go into acting when you go to college? Mm, Major? I might. I'm. I've, I'd like to go into like animation to actually make the characters. I thought that'd be really cool. Yeah. Make them an invoice. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <one-man studio>. yeah. <laughs> like everyone's job. Yeah. <laughs> This is such a cool transition here. I was kind of in the same boat as Brian. I was, I was thinking 
when I when I was graduating high school, okay, do I go to school for acting or do I go the art route? And I, I ended up going the art route. So I went to a place called Kwantlen University College, which is in Vancouver, and uh, took a year of foundations in applied design, two years of graphic design, and then a year um, of new media design and technology. And I actually dabbled in computer animation along the way a little mm. bit there too. So and that's kind of got me to, to what I'm doing for my job and... Uh, and the voice acting stuff as much as I can get. So, there you go. This is me. So, uh, how did you sort of get your first break into voice acting? This is the question you always get, you know. <laughs> the first break. Um, well, I was doing stage work and I was performing, doing some work in film and TV and I was, you know, I was a little bit frustrated with it. But coming from the, the stage side of performing, you get to do so many more characters than you get to do on camera. I always played cops and 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 uniformed guys on camera, and it was in you know really dull roles. So um, I was I heard from someone that there was a big um, animation sort of expo that was that was happening. It was kind of a little forum that was happening, and I, I saw these guys that were this new show that was happening called. Reboot that they were doing this this Vancouver series of these guys that were coming for the first time. We're going to animate something. All said, man, that is cool. I can't, you know, I, I didn't get on the show, but they were doing this whole forum about putting it together and trying to develop the animation industry in Vancouver. And I thought that was really interesting. So I talked to my agent, said, how can I get involved in this? I, one of my first auditions was to revoice the role of, of Bob in in uh, in Reboot because the main character for the first year was moving to L.A., I think, or something was happening, and they were revoicing it. I didn't get it. And in my second audition, though, was for a big um, G.I. Joe series called G.I. Joe Extreme that Sue Blue was coming from L.A. up to Vancouver to um, audition, and she wanted to see a bunch of new people that she hadn't worked with, so did a big cattle call. And I landed one of the leads on that series, um, a character called Ballistic. Uh, or and they also they renamed him Eagle Eye after because I guess ballistic was too violent. For TV. <laughs> yeah. So I uh, that's where I, I got my first role and then I slid into uh, my, my first dubbing role of the role of Vegeta on Dragon Ball Z. Um, after that and um, ended up doing that for for years for the for the Canadian dub and the UK version or whatever. We started with our version for the first fifty or sixty in the US till Funimation moved their their operations back to Texas. But then we continued to dub it. The rest, and I did. I don't know, probably three hundred some episodes of, of Vegeta, and that was that was my start for a lot of screen for that one. Yeah, that was a whole <laughs> lot of <laughs> you know, it was a long time. <laughs> yeah, and me, well, I was mostly doing diaper and Elmo for yeah, quite a while. So yeah, Sorry, my, kid, my dad does advertising. He does. He did. Huggy stuff for a long time. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's some New York firms that, that came out actually and did a lot of stuff in Vancouver that did tons of commercials for Fisher Price. Our New York uh, ad agency was the ones that shot a lot of it in Vancouver. But your first uh, voice that was um, gig. What I was think that? it was um, when I had to be like some. It was on. Uh, um, Maison Ikoku. I was oh, a yeah. five-year-old. Ooh, nice. Nice. Oh, yeah. Airplane. <laughs> oh, yeah. And then you did a little part on, you did a guest role on Mega Man. I was a robot. Yeah, and then Crypto the Super Dog. I think you came and played a couple roles on that Prelay yeah. series. And then uh, moved into some other stuff with Inuyasha, I guess, with that, yeah. that was the fourth movie when you played that role on that show. Shion. His name was Shion. Yeah. 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 And then recently was probably what got him a lot more Versatile was the uh, Eon Kid, where I played the lead Marty. I don't know if that would be considered anime, but Uh, no, it's not anime. It's it's 
Korean CG series that yeah. was dubbed for for WB, and it's you know a younger crowd that watches it. But that was a, a lot of work for that role. But that was kids' so. version of a lot of screaming. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> okay, me. Um, well, I started. I got into acting mainly because of my sister. Um, she's a year older than me, and she was doing theater, and I was just jealous of. You know, her watching her do theater productions and whatnot. Um, she got involved with a place called the Vancouver Youth Theater, um, which had kind of uh, traveling uh, acting troops that would put on these shows, but they were all kids. So she got onto a show there. I begged my parents, so oh, can I audition for this theater as well? Um, I managed to get on a different uh, show that was kind of touring around. Then I auditioned for her show, so we were actually touring together on this little uh, troupe show. And there was an agency at that time that was right across the street that would kind of watch the kids that were coming through this theater. Mm. And they approached me and my sister at some point and asked if we wanted to join the agency. They said they'd start sending us out on auditions and things. So we said, yes, please, of course, <laughs> of course, yes, please and thank you. And uh, that's how it kind of started. I, I, I started doing more on-camera work for, you know, commercials and local TV programs and whatnot. Then I had my first audition for a cartoon, which was a show called My Little Pony Tales. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I got to play a pony named Ace. And then uh, not too long after that, I had my first audition for an anime series, which was a little-known show called Ranma One Half. <laughs> 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 yeah, I know, right? So I got to play Musa on that series, and it's just kind of gone from there. This is DJ Ranma. Who's next? Yeah. So you have, from the various roles you have done, any favorite characters or certain characters that may step out from everything else? Should we start with me this time? Yeah. (laughs) We'll mix it up a little. Um, Well, you know, playing since we're talking about Ranma, um, you know, playing Moose, that was that was a fun character. That was my first real taste of anime since watching Akira back when I was a kid, right? Yeah. Um, and I had no idea what I was getting into. For for that audition, they didn't really audition for Moose. I auditioned for uh, probably a couple other characters, and they just wanted to see that we could actually, um, you know, do the the dubbing part of it as far as matching mouth flaps and things like that. So I didn't. I, I knew that I'd been given this character on the series, and so the the first day in there, we're recording, and uh, so I'm doing my Moose lines and whatever. And we get to page you know 32 of the script or whatever. And um, I'm ready to say my line, and I look down. It's like, no, this is Mumu Chan. Okay, well, that's that's not me. I don't know. I'm a different. Oh, let me tell you about this character of Moose. When you splash water on him, he turns into a duck. A duck? Yeah, a duck. Okay, this show is strange. Um, yes, you're gonna be quacking for the next three pages. Oh, um, cool. Uh, can, can, can we hear you quack? Um, <laughs> yeah. So that's basically, and you know that was that was such a fun role because the duck has emotion just like the character did. So you know, happy duck, happy quacking, <laughs> hungry duck, very different, very similar, but the, the headspace behind it very different. So like, I mean, Moose, and that was my first anime role, so that's a big one. Um, obviously, the Gundam series have been very good to me. I played um, Catcher in Gundam Wing, Amaro in Mobile Suit Gundam. Um, Diarca and Gundam Seed and Diarca and Owl on Gundam Seed Destiny. So those are big ones for me. And most uh, recently, uh, playing Light on 
Death Note huge. It's okay. Pretty sweet. Pretty sweet. But I mean, there, there's so many characters. It's really hard to, to pick your favorites. Because even as far as non anime rules, uh, uh, playing Nightcrawler and Next Men Evolution is a pretty big one. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like getting to be an X Men and, you know, being on shows like Transformers and things, I mean, they're huge. Huge. Oh, yeah. They're all good. <laughs> they're all good. Okay, next. Take us off. I can talk forever. <laughs> this is where I had to pause it, save it, and record it. So there's a bit of audio that was lost. Eon Kid, and that was, I was lead on that. So I thought that was pretty cool because he. His name was Marty, and so he had this fist, and so it's all powerful and whatnot. So, and I think it was fun because he he had this kind of powerful side to him, but he was also really really funny. And he, he was, yeah, it was really really fun. And so, I think that that was like a funny character that I played, but all the rest were like really young characters, like seven and five and stuff. Like I haven't done older characters. They were all they've been all like younger ones, like. Shion and yeah, usually with an, with anime stuff, um, uh, because you have to be able to read and match flaps at the same time. And when there's little, really little kids uh, in a show, if they're three or four or five year olds, yeah, you, you, really would do a, you would do a lot of little, little guys can't read that stuff and they can't match flaps, so they'll they'll hire you know really youthful sounding voices that they can find, or you're going to get women that can voice little kids. And sometimes some of the directors are like, can we get a kid to do this? Yeah, Aiden, you know, he's eight now. He can finally read and match. So can you make it sound that much younger? And Aiden going like, oh, man, I went in. It was like a four-year-old I was playing. I had to go be like throw tantrums and stuff like that. And, yeah. But uh, I know you were really excited about being on Inuyasha because he was watching. He was yeah. interested in the series. And, that's a blow-up. Yeah, and that was a fun show. It's it's yeah. pretty it's pretty cool when you get to work on a series that's already been running for a bit. Like when yeah, I had to like, work yeah. on Dragon Ball Z, it was almost halfway through the series. The series already, yeah. right? So yeah. I already knew what a big Go deal on. it was. You know, uh, Team Gohan, yeah, yeah. So I mean, yeah, same with Inuyasha, I guess, because it yeah. started. I mean, there's a million episodes of that too. Right? Yeah, and you only did a small part. I think on one <laughs> yeah, episode of Mega Man, or excited. Yeah, 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 really it just ended like last week. Wow. Oh Japan. yeah, that's incredible. oh really? They still gotta bring all of the and there was much rejoicing. Yeah, exactly. And this is Kuro Usagi. Over. So maybe they'll bring the anime back up again. I've they never are. read the manga. I'm sorry, that manga is just way too long. <laughs> I would rather yeah, wait, watch it in action. <laughs> oh, I gave up after a while. <laughs> Couldn't afford it anymore. So. <laughs> well, favorites for me would be um, obviously. I mean, and I wasn't aware of who even this little scrawny little Saiyan prince was when I <laughs> I didn't know anything about the series and they're just like you know can you audition for this guy and and um, all these guys from Funimation were up here and it's like yeah yeah he's just like he's this bad attitude you know he has to take over everything and he you know but he's a prince and I was like I don't know. So I, you know, and he's going to have to, you know, they didn't mention one thing about how much he has to yell. That was never part of my auditions at all. You know, so it's, uh, until I realized how much he had to yee and scream and scream. And it's the only character I lost my voice on multiple times, but still a favorite and uh, totally a favorite for mine. I'll even I enjoyed working on all the, uh, um, uh, you know, the Cybertron series and stuff. That was fun stuff to do. I've got, you know, and the Gundam Wing series was really, you know, good to me too. Playing Zex and Gundam Wings and and um, and uh, Vision of Escalfone or the Escalfone series was was fun to do. Playing Alan Shazar and that one, he was a a fun character. And then recently, obviously, one of my 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 
couple of my favorites is working on a series called Black Lagoon. Yeah, um, yeah, you obviously a lot on that one too. It's you a really yeah, oh, we've been a lot of shows. We're never in the same room together yeah. doing it, but we've passed, cross paths. You know, this is the first time out, we've actually met, in. but yeah. no. <laughs> not entirely true. No, but we, yeah, we work on, on tons. And then uh, Ryuk, in, um, obviously in Death Note, was, uh, was a great role because I wasn't called in to audition for it. They called me in to audition for a couple other roles on Death Note. And, but when I came up the stairs of Ocean, they have this big window at the top, usually when you're auditioning, that they put all the pictures of the characters on. So sometimes you, don't even, sometimes you get sent them and sometimes you know, you don't know what's happening. But I was sent the pictures of these other guys. So I had all these other characters prepared. I don't even remember who it was for now. And I was coming up the stairs like, oh, look at that guy, man. <laughs> like, now this picture of, of uh, Ryuk was there. I was like, that guy's creepy. And everyone else is kind of normal. They're just people. Yeah. And, like, and I loved it right away when I saw him. He said, and he said you know, this, uh, you know, death god and and, and, I was, and so I went in and then I asked the director I said can I read that brief for this guy too I said I, I, I don't know I know you're trying to get some similar sounds to the Japanese why don't you just play me what the other guy did because they want to match some stuff up a little bit so they played it for me I said I think I can kind of come into that range a little bit and man, just just for the heck of it and I, I really liked that that laugh that, that sort of <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> that he did and so I'm like I can you know let me try that so I, and then after and then they called me up and said I got Ryuk and they didn't look at the other characters so I, I ended up playing that and I, obviously when I started that show and until they told me when I started the show's huge so yeah. you know they spent a lot of time fiddling with it at the beginning but um, that's been a, a super fun show to do just sort of I, one of the first ones that I was really interested to know what was going to happen every time I showed sometimes on Gundam Wing I was like I have no idea what the hell is going on with with, with you were like that too. yeah I was like okay I would ask questions when I showed up and say is Zex is he a good guy or a bad guy now is he happy is he still looking for his sister I'm I, I was so lost half the time I was lost so but but those are some of my favorites anyhow yeah. well um, I do oh. have a question for. Brian yes. and Brad, and I have a different one for Adrian because um, he wasn't in the live action movie. Um, what was the difference in doing live action that movie than you know doing the anime in general? Because now you had to voice um, real people, and I don't think I've had heard you guys in live action movies before. I didn't. Well, mine wasn't much different for me. You did get to do a part in, in the death, second live action movie oh, to, in the small part of a yeah. kid. We need crying a kid. Sister. We need a crying kid. <laughs> yeah. You're stealing my roles. Again, yeah. Mine uh, was not much different for me because obviously yeah, it's still an animated character. So uh, I didn't lucky. have. Yeah, I got lucky. He was still animated, so very similar, and obviously have bigger mouth flaps and a very. Abnormal, um, you know, size mouth to deal with. So it, it's very similar to animation for me. I've done a lot of other I Japanese never stuff. Thought about that. What? I just assu- I even watching while we were working on that show. I just assumed he's like another character. I didn't realize yet. Yeah, wait a sec. He's still animated. He's still it's an animated. Not, yeah, it's not a. Yeah. Yeah. I'm an idiot. Okay. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I, I, I didn't. There's not. Wasn't a big difference for me. But there is. A, I have done uh, a lot of dubbing for some of the other. Um, uh, other you know Japanese series work, and I know I worked on a German series for for a while. And um, Japanese ones I found difficult sometimes because they express a lot of emotion um, uh, with very little mouth movement. Like the, and so so we might be like, what the, are you talking about? Come on! And they're like, and their mouth is not moving. So it's like it's always just like little tiny flaps, and we you have to try and. 
express it the way we would in English with very different mouth flaps. So that's what I found difficult when I've done it in the past, not so much with death note. But. It's, a, it's a good point, <laughs> especially uh, the, the actor that plays Light in the live action barely moves his mouth at all. Yeah. There's a bunch of times where you'd hear the little, we have beeps to trigger us to, to know when to start talking. You hear this beep, doot, doot. Okay, I can hear him talking, but I'm, I, can, I, don't, I don't see his lips Mouth are moving, yeah. But one of the things that, I, I had a really hard time working on, on the series because I was really, I'm, I've watched enough horribly dubbed old kung fu movies to know that for something like Death Note, which is, you know, a pretty awesome story that I really wanted to do the best I could for this, especially you know, the very subtle you know, I don't know if you call them tender moments, but um, <laughs> trying to make it seem as real as possible, I mean I don't speak Japanese um, I don't understand Japanese I've, I've had to speak it on occasion, but I don't really understand it, and I, I understand that um it's not going to be the same, you know. English version, Japanese version, can be different things. But um, I think what we were trying to accomplish was once you get over that initial shock that there's English words coming out of this Japanese fellow's uh, mouth, um, I think we were hoping that if you get into the story a bit, that stuff doesn't really come to the forefront as much. It kind of blends in with everything else that's going on. So I'm really excited to see it this weekend, just to see how that all kind of turned out because all I've seen is the parts that I've recorded oh. and I can't wait to see the actual movie and hopefully uh, <laughs> hopefully, it, I mean there's there's certain leeway that you have with an animated series because you know when his mouth suddenly becomes three stories tall you know that you can scream your you know at the top of your lungs and you know the eyes go all crazy and, and all that kind of stuff but to do that stuff and make it seem realistic to what the actual you know human character is portraying on film um there's some more subtlety that uh, I think is required, and hopefully we pulled it off. What was the hardest role that you've played so far? Um, so far, that would still probably be Eon Kid, because it's like a kind of mini Vegeta in a way. You had to scream a lot. Yeah, I'd have like water there. It's, come, it's, been, it's been fun, too, but it's been a lot of punching and a lot of... <laughs> oh, I killed him. Uh, but yeah, it's been yep. super hard. The lion for, share for me of, though. The oh, lion share of the dialogue. I mean, I didn't <clears throat> much of too. We had tons of dialogue, and I know he'd come out sort of exhausted after it because there was always attack moves and stuff like that when he's charging people. <clears throat> yeah, and then if you just miss it by a little bit in the beats and stuff, then you're doing it again and again. And, and I actually had to beat up my own father. <laughs> yeah, at the very end, I was the evil guy, so that was... Oh, that's poetic. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> just, we should probably let you, you guys throw a couple more. you got some more, too. Yeah. Uh, I'll let them go. Yeah, sure. Um, Uh, is there a difference between playing a hero and a villain, and which would you prefer? Uh, no, I don't think there is a difference between playing a hero or a, a villain. I think, uh, although I do prefer playing villains, I, I, uh, it's true, I know, but I don't think there's, acting-wise, should be a difference, because they've all got their motivations of what is right and what is wrong and what the hero's motivations are might be you know 
just as wrong to the to the to the bad guy as they are right to the good guy. So I just like with Vegeta, so I really loved playing him. I just thought, you know, he has his own motivation. He not for one moment can needs to think what he's doing is wrong. He's doing the right thing, just as Goku is doing the right thing. And and um, same with Ryuk. He's you know neither hero nor villain. He's more an observing person. So I don't think I think you're probably setting yourself up for. For pretty one note performances, if you make a choice that just the voice has to sound scary and bad, you have to go, you know, why are they saying these things? And, and uh, but I, I do like playing villains a little bit more because somehow, I don't know, I think the writers tend to have a little more fun sometimes with villains than they do with heroes because lots of times there's multiple heroes and, and uh, you know, one or two villains. So I don't know, they just seem to get. Written a little bit better, and that's They're maybe what cool. that might be why some people get a little more uh, a kick out of playing them. And if I ask a lot of performers, that's why they enjoy it because it's not a why a little more effort sometimes goes into the the writing of the that villains. ambiguity between <coughs> evil is a big theme of Death Note, also. Yeah, because you can't tell if your character is exactly good. Absolutely, yeah. Okay, well, since you segue, <laughs> let me let me go next. Yeah, that's yeah. cool. Um, yeah, I play generally more the, the young kid hero type type roles. But mm-hmm. one one thing about you know a, a lot of American cartoons will have a very distinct you know villain, and here's the hero. A lot of these anime series, with the Gundam stuff in particular, mm-hmm. depends which camp you're in, right? You know, like if you're on one side, you think the other guys are villains. If you're on that side, you think the other guys are villains, right? So yeah, it's. Um, I haven't had a whole lot of experience playing the uh, the bad guys, the uh, you know the all out bad guys, which has made Death Note just great because I get to play both, and that doesn't happen very often, you know. Yeah. Like depends depending on who uh, Light's talking to, he could very well be a good guy. And towards the beginning of the series, he really thinks that he is mm-hmm. the good guy, and then you get to hear some of the thoughts that are going through his head, and you're like, I don't know, man. I don't know if this guy's, <laughs> yeah. I don't know if this guy's as good as he thinks he is. <laughs> yeah. So, um, and I agree with what Brian's saying, that um, sometimes the uh, the bad guys seem to be a, a little bit more flavorful with uh, with their disgust and disdain and just the, the dialogue and stuff. But, um, yeah, I'd, I'd like to play more bad guys, but at the same time, love playing the good guys, too. So, it doesn't matter to me. Whatever they throw at me, I'll... Uh, Gladly accept. Catch Cat, is like the epitome of the oh, good guy you play. Exactly. Oh, yeah. 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 But even the bad guys cry. I noticed that. It's true. Some yeah. of them. Some of them. Just not quite as often as the good guys I played cry, which is like every two episodes. Well, I haven't really played any bad guys really. Well, it's usually just like the little kid hero, like he's like. I'm going to do this adventure kind of thing. Well, I like played kind of crypto one. Crypto was a bad guy. Well, bully crypto kind the super, of. He's a bully in Crypto the Super Dog. Bullies but. are kind of fun to be with because they're kind of like, they're kind of like, what am I doing? They're kind of like <laughs> stupid and they're like, I'm gonna ruin his day kind of thing. Well, and in Mega Man, I had played a bad robot which is trying to <laughs> stop Mega Man for some reason. Yeah, it was a bad, <laughs> bad robot. I played a bad robot. Bad, <laughs> bad, 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 bad robot. I think he was robot kind of talking robot too, but he was supposed to be a kid voice. Yeah, he's supposed to have this really straight tone too. Yeah, not a lot of roles for evil. And I got my battery pulled. <laughs> my battery was pulled and Akira. I was dead. You got lots of roles for evil psychic kids. In which? Akira. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah those. Yeah. 
I saw that. That was really good. Yeah. Uh, Are you up? Who's got the next? Yeah, I think so. Uh, what would you say are the major differences between anime voice acting, American animation voice acting, and any sort of live action like theater or film? Well, one of the very big difference, obviously, between the dubbing and the and what we call and, but in, in prelay is what we call it in American or whatever style, but it's a we lay down the voices previous to the animation being done. That's why we call it prelay. Um, is obvious is you get to work, especially at least in, in, in Vancouver, when you do a prelay show, you get to work with everybody on the show. Like they'll bring, they, you generally bring the whole cast in. So you have performers to act off of, and you could, there's a lot more room for creativity because you're creating the character hasn't already been created, and they're not asking you to sound like someone who already voiced it. So you, there, it, it, it's a much more of a creative process. Plus, you're you're working off of what someone else um, says, so you're actually really responding. You can respond to their dialogue, and then they animate that to what you've done. So it does feel, to me, to be a, a little bit more creative than the anime side. Anime, even though it pays much less than the prelay work, is really difficult to to um, to do because you're you're matching the flaps and because you're trying to create your own character and you're trying to also create the emotion and act the scene and not make everything sound too stilted but you're working within a very small window of opportunity his mouth opens here and it ends here and this is where he pauses so and I'm like I would and then someone else you know, wrote the dialogue that they thought would fit that way, and sometimes it doesn't. <laughs> so you're like, I cannot make what they wrote fit in there with those pauses. So it's really challenging. Um, but, but that's still what makes that why I do still find it very enjoyable, even though I do so much play <coughs> work, is that I, I do find it challenging, and it mixes things up a bit. But the, the opportunity to work with other performers, like I've never, I mean, Brad's been doing this for a long time, I said, I, we've never been on the same prelay show together where we worked opposite each other as performers, but we've worked opposite each other <laughs> yeah. in many scenes of animation probably yeah. for for years, but never been in the same room acting with each other. And that's what actors I think, you that's know, we ridiculous. Work, we really we really work <laughs> work off of. So it's, it's surprising how many shows you've been in together. <laughs> yeah. And you, you never do a, a scene together. I think one of the first times we were in a room together was when we were um, doing that uh, uh, for the Death Note uh, final episode. Here. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Cause we, we sat did, down like, and did the uh, the commentary, the commentary, of, uh, commentary of the episode. So no. that was one of the first times. <laughs> wow, that's I know, that's ridiculous. Like, <laughs> in a room, we're talking yeah. at the same time. <laughs> well, I like prelay because it's a lot of fun because you actually get to like react with the other characters instead yeah. of like, okay, so this guy just made me angry but he's not here how am I supposed to get angry back and like when you're in, when it's prelay then they can actually look at you and be angry and then you can react back to them yeah and so yeah that's really awesome okay um <laughs> yeah it's it's kind of interesting what would Brian was mentioning earlier like the the process that goes into recording or, or dubbing an anime show is kind of against all the natural elements that would come into like developing a character performance and, and everything like that because there's so many technical aspects that you have to hit on mm-hmm. um, and it, but at the same time it's it's one of those like depending on the type of role that you get in an anime series it can be really therapeutic for me anyway because you go in there and it's just you in a booth 
dealing with the uh, the director and the engineers and sometimes a writer or a client or, or whatnot. Um, and if you have good directors, which we really do um, in Vancouver, they really let you become involved in the process. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, oftentimes, you know, what the writer has picked out for a certain chunk of dialogue will not fit. It'll be over by sometimes a little, sometimes a lot. So you'll end up rewriting a lot of stuff a lot of times. Mm -hmm. And I mean, the, I think the more willing you are to become part of that process, for whatever reason, um, just because of uh, how things are set up, it's easier for an actor to kind of get right involved in writing. Whereas with pre stuff, it might be a little trickier because there's so many people going on and like yeah. a lot, lots happening. Um, <laughs> that being said, sometimes if you have one of the larger roles in a series, oftentimes you're the first one in to record, which means nobody else is recorded. So you're basically playing off yourself. Mm. Um, whereas if you're the last one in, a lot of times you'll have the other dialogue the track recorded. So, so yeah. it'll be almost like in your headset, like you're in a room with the other actors. Yeah, they play the other stuff for you. No. Yeah. How it was read, yeah. so you know how to respond. See, so yeah, there, there's a lot... I mean, acting is essentially a lot of suspension of disbelief, but in anime, in the process of recording it, it's tenfold. You know, you have to... There's a lot more trust in, in your director and people that know what's going on and know how to get a good performance out of you and you also have to work that little bit harder not only to match flaps but to try and um, visualize how things are going to flow once all the other actors are in the uh, in the series. Yeah, there's also a lot of a lot more steps that go into reaching your point in the process than in, uh, in Prelay because you've got like the Japanese are making the show and yep. they're dubbing the show and yep. then it comes to America and they got to figure everything out after that. Yeah. Precisely, yeah. I mean, uh, doing prelay work just seems a lot more fluid and natural. Mm -hmm. And I actually didn't realize until just now how unnatural doing this, anima this animation <laughs> stuff is. <laughs> I, I, I can't believe we can all pull it off. I mean, but I guess that's it. If you have, the, if you, have you know, good people working at every, every different level of it, then somebody's going to have a vision that it's all going to come together and it does in the end. So there you go. But you do have to find ways to make those things work as a performer. Like, find a way to get that emotion out. Because, I mean, it's like film and TV is very much like that. You have to walk to here. It's lit this way. So you've got to walk to there. Then turn this angle because that's where the camera is. And then cry your eyes out at that person or scream. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, but at time 15, it still has to seem like the first time. You know, when it's take 15, you know, walk there, turn. I would never naturally turn there, but that's what the director wants because there's some weird light here. And, you know, it, that's very unnatural as well. But there's performers that know exactly how to use the camera and make it work, and we have to know how to make the microphone work for us and, and make it translate the same way. Yeah. Okay, this is a silly question, but I have to ask it anyway. Uh oh. I got the fear. Uh oh. <laughs> and this is for um, Brian and Brad again. Do you think that the over 9,000 line would be so popular as it is now? And did you think the potato chip line would be as popular as it is wow. now? <laughs> you know, I don't, it's, it's, I, have never, I have not had to go through the process that, um, you know, your American Vegeta has had to, uh, you know, suffer through with that overnight. Yeah, Chris has had to deal with. I've never actually met Chris before. Oh, he's I, a good guy. He I, I've, I've met. Uh, he's got a great voice. Yeah. I've met um, uh, Sean and and had, had met Chris before, but um, so I, you know what he's had to put up with with uh, this whole 
piece of dialogue that was probably at two seconds in the studio, and I'm like, why am I saying this? It's over 9,000, and, and now Did it's... you actually ask that? What was that? Did you actually ask why are you saying this? No, I just, you know, I just, you know, sometimes I, I just do what they say. What's the next line? Okay, and here we are. And then Vegeta's freaking out because Goku's powers over 9,000. You know, and I don't know why I say stuff. It's over 9,000? No, like Vegeta's style. Like, oh, oh, I see. Vegeta, yes, it's over 9,000! Uh, it was, I don't know, I, it's the weirdest thing. I'd yeah. only recently seen the, the stuff about it just from YouTube. I'd be looking up stuff and going, what is going on with that thing? And I would see, see Chris at conventions going, oh, beef, don't make me do it again. You know? And I'm like, oh, the poor guy. So I don't know, they picked some crazy stuff on I mean, I remember at a couple of conventions they sang Twinkle, Twinkle, Little Star or something as Vegeta to Trunks, you know. Trying to get him to go to sleep or something, and, and then, then it's, everybody wanted me. Can yeah. you just say "twinkle"? I'm like, "Oh no, what have I done? <laughs> Did it once? What have I done?" No. Right. I don't even know what's the potato chip one. What's that one? It's pretty simple. Oh, I'll it. take a potato chip and eat it. <laughs> from what show is it? It's Death Note. Yeah. It's Death Note. Oh, yeah. I'm so sorry. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, I don't know. It's it's one of those things where I'm sure for, for as many people you know laugh and and think it's funny and whatever. There's probably just many people that hate my delivery of that line. He's he's ruining the uh, the entire series with his delivery of the potato chip line. Well, yeah, it's basically the anime fandom. Yeah, I mean that's, that's 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 kind of a fun line too because it's it's one of the first tastes that you get that lights. It's like when he's when he's hidden the TV camera in his bag of chips. Oh yeah. So oh right. Like, that's what it is. Yeah. He's figuring that he's outsmarting these people, yeah. right? And he's starting to think that he can get away with all this type of stuff. And yeah, when he bites in the the chip, there's glitter flying. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's the most epic chip bite in history. Yeah. I. I, I, I Dare any Lay's commercial to uh, to recreate that type of a chip bite? Yeah. It was just that so spectacular. Annoying. You'll see it on YouTube one day. Wow. <laughs> it, was, it was like it was like fireworks, really. <laughs> it's uh, it's one forty-five, so let's do like one more round of questions from sure. everybody, and then we'll uh, we'll try and finish up after that. Sure. She stole mine, so if you go, <laughs> I was going to ask you to say nine thousand. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> okay. High five. If you guys could do any character from any series, American mm. or anime, who would it be? Nice. Wow. Any character from any series. Mm-hmm. Let me take a moment. Yeah, that is a good question. That's a very good question. Oh, is you guys trying to put that on me? <laughs> <laughs> anime. So okay. Well, yeah, it, We're still thinking. It, as far as anime... I mean, I kind of hinted at it earlier. Like, getting to work on a show like Akira would be incredible just because, I mean, it's that show, right? (laughs) But I really can't say a whole lot about anime because I've gotten to work on some pretty cool shows and played Mm -hmm. some pretty cool characters, so I don't want to be too greedy. I mean, getting to play Inuyasha would have been okay. (laughs) Um, You know, a show like Full Metal Alchemist would have been fun to work on, but... um, You don't want to deal with the fangirls. But, well... Yeah, really. Says who? Sometimes it's not as good as it sounds. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, anime stuff, uh, I'll, I'll let go because you know I'm, I'm still I've gotten to work on some pretty cool shows. Um, American cartoons. There's a ton of shows that I would love to work. On. I mean, to be able to go and do not 
not that you could, but to do some of the old like Looney Tunes cartoons, I mean, fantastic. <coughs> Getting to work on you know the original Transformers or something would be sweet. That'd be just fun to redo, actually. Just yeah. for the, I mean, people would hate it because oh, they, they like would. me, they grew up with the originals. But it'd be just so much fun to work <laughs> on, right? Yeah. Um, you know, shows like Red and Stimpy would be fun. <laughs> yeah. No. Um, I don't know. There's there's a ton of ton of American shows that I'd like to work on. Yeah. Similarly, I I can't say for anime that um, that there's one that's like oh if I could only had that part because I've the same thing been lucky. Want to be greedy? <laughs> I know to just play some some great roles and and then you hear when other people do them, I'm like ah I can't hear myself doing yeah. it now. You know, it's like, oh, it would have been great if I was Indiana Jones. You can't, see anybody, you can't see anybody else as Indiana Jones other than Harrison Ford. So I, it's hard to to know after the fact. I mean, obviously, you know, I grew up seeing certain things that, and I haven't got to do some stuff. I, you know, I had a you know, chance, you know, grew, grew up watching Inspector Gadget, and then I got to play Dr. Claw for like 52 episodes when we redid it. And, and that was a huge thrill. One that I really, I ended up on the show, and you, and you were on X-Men, and I was in the first um, episode when they redid the, we're doing the new X-Men Evolution, right. I played um, you were Cyclops. Cyclops, I was wow. cast as Cyclops, and I was just going through the roof, it was one of my first really big leads, because I don't often play like a lead hero role in a series, and I was cast as Cyclops, and then uh, there were so many production people involved, there were people in LA and up here, and, and they ended up changing about four people on the show. And then Kirk, they went number two yeah. choice was was Kirby. I think what happened was there's about half the people wanted Kirby and sort of half wanted me, and I was the coin toss. And they they did the first episode with me, and then they went to Kirby. But I, on that show, who I really wanted, and Scott played him, I, want, I would have loved to play Wolverine. You like I was Wolverine. So I, you know, it would have been uh, a thrill to do a part like that, or even go back and 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 just on shows that I grew up like playing some of the, even some of the Warner Brothers or stuff like doing even just playing Scooby-Doo and, and, and Shaggy and doing that kind of stuff just because I'm, you know, uh, big fans of that type of animation and anything like that Mel Blanc had done, yeah. you know, oh. which is awesome. I just, thought, I just got a flash of that old Hercules cartoon. You know, oh. watching that. Hey, Herc! Come on, Herc! Yeah. Hold it for you! That'd be fun. Go back and do, do one of those shows, you know? Yeah. So it's funny. You get sort of attached to certain things, but then, you know, I'd probably, even if we dubbed it and redid it, like, oh, God, it's so bad. Yeah. Get back to the original. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, some some Marvel shows would, would, would have been a blast, and I've, I've done some parts on those, so, I, you know, I... You don't want to be greedy and say, yeah, should have been me. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know... And it's it's true it. what you're saying too. Like once you hear other people do some of these characters, you can't really picture yourself doing it anymore. Like, no, even when you see a movie that's been that's been shot, and then and someone uh, you realize who was offered the part first. Someone was offered, and they weren't available, or they thought it was dumb, and they didn't take the role. And we're like, they were offered it. Like how how could he have possibly played yeah. Han right? Solo played by Tom Selleck? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's like that would have been ridiculous. Han Solo with a mustache? I don't know. Yeah, how yeah. Work, right? <laughs> yeah. How about you? I mean, you're a huge Hayao Miyazaki fan, so... Well, there's not many boy parts. Like, there's some, but most of them are like, it's the girls' adventures kind of thing. Like, yeah. But what's yeah. that one that's coming out? You were just saying that... Oh, the... the yeah. Yeah, Tanya, you were just like, was, was there a boy in that one or yeah, something? Yeah, there's a five-year-old boy. Yeah. That'd be kind of cool, though. It'd be awesome. I can do it! Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, that's one of his dreams to go to Japan and, and even meet Hayao Miyazaki or see the studio. I'd probably just go like this. 
Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't say anything. We're, we're totally rooting for you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. When it comes across, please. <laughs> I probably couldn't think of anything else. It'd be like, be like, just like when you hear it, it's when you think, hmm, wonder what happened when I did that. Oh, never mind. Go back. <laughs> no. no, it doesn't work. So, all right. Uh, this is for Brad. Yep. You've played, uh, these are a lot of, like the two two of the main characters people would know you as. You played Catra from Gundam Wing right. and Light from Death Note. Correct. And they're very different characters, Indeed. obviously. So have, have you found a sort of similarity in their uh, characters that helps you play them both? Um, yeah, there's um, intent, I think, is a big one. Um, I mean, Catra was obviously very... Um, Pacifistic. Is that even a word? Yes. Yeah. Pacifistic. I hope so. All right. Yeah, well, the, the, at least two of us are using it. Um, and, you know, one of those characters is always that's really trying to do the right thing for <coughs> mankind in, in, in theory. Um, and Light's not much different in that respect, um, particularly towards the beginning of, of Death Note. He feels that it's his duty or obligation. Um, to, to use this newfound power to try and better the world and the people that live in it. <laughs> but, um, you know, just, just like when Catra gets in a Gundam that isn't Sandrock and all hell breaks loose, um, you know, Light gets a hold of the Death Note and uh, wields its power in a way that's uh, not necessarily in keeping with his original intent. I didn't realize how similar those characters actually could be. <laughs> you know, that's, just that's a pretty good comparison. That's why I asked. The only thing is, um, yeah, Catra cried a little bit more. Catra <laughs> <laughs> uh, wasn't a drama queen. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes, he was. They were all yeah. Come on. They trade, uh, trade a pink shirt for a red tie as well. That's it. One more question. Yeah. And then we're off. Uh, okay. You know, this is a quick question. Sure. What do you like to do for fun? Quick, like video games or roller coasters? I know Chris Patton enjoys doing roller coasters when he's not on doing anime characters or anything like that. So, what do you like to do? For fun? No. Yeah. How about you go? You got all kinds Me, of stuff. Me, um. Usually when I'm not like my parents aren't scheduling something for me to do. Other than that, like your I homework? usually yeah. <laughs> I didn't schedule it, your teacher did. Same thing, I but just had to crack the whip to make sure it gets done. Give <laughs> me the shivers just thinking about it. But like I'd like to like read a lot more even though like there's not many stores where I live to go. Whoa, whoa, yeah. whoa. This should they ask you what you like to do, not what I like you to read them. I read a lot of anime books. You oh, just oh anime books. Oh, okay. 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 So, so are you an anime fan? Yes. Yeah, his but all not too, too, too big, though. Outside of doing anime, here, here, here's, I'll, just, I'll do an action of what you spend the majority of your time doing. Yeah, other than that. Other or than this, that. The, the Wii one. Yes. <laughs> we got other a PS3, a Wii, Game Boys. Uh, uh, that's a lot of that. That's, my mind's kind of gone after those, so... Uh, and I think we heard from Brad about what he does. Back then. I'll give you a quick recap. Um, <laughs> like, yeah, hockey, baseball, drums, guitar. I like to draw and sketch. I like to camp. Um, I like to sleep. Sleep's good. That's kind of fun, too. Um, I don't know, regular stuff. 
Might need more fingers. Outside of animation, man, I'm. I'm we, uh, my wife and I, both we we started or founded a, a school um, that Aiden goes to about eight years ago that 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 focuses on fine arts. So we have drama, fine arts, music, uh, and all that kind of stuff. So it's sort of fine arts intensive that we we founded. Um, I guess it's eight years ago now. So that outside of working in animation was ties up most of my full days. Um, I spent a ton of time involved in, in that in that program. So, um, and then outside of when I'm not doing that, I during hockey season I'm <laughs> see, ticket holder. I watch a lot of hockey. And, yeah, it's a lot see, of hockey. <laughs> he's got the beard. Yeah, no. <laughs> it's still I'm not exactly for a question, but I, could you guys each just say a line or two as a character, any character you want? Uh, really quick, because mm-hmm. Brian yeah, didn't have quick like three. five minutes. Yeah. Line or two as um, a character. Just, you know, Ryu for light or anybody you want to just say something. It'd be fun for the recording. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know. No, dance, sorry. monkey, dance. Okay, dance. <laughs> um, it's over 9,000! <laughs> 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 Unexpected. Um, maybe when I was the robot. No, not that plug! <laughs> <laughs> Um, I am justice. <laughs> In France, they say bonjour. Little Hamtaro for you. Let's finish up. Thanks so much, Brian. Thank you, guys. That's it for this episode. Before we finish up, I'd like to make sure to give a shout out to the Anime Next staffer who helped us out with the press conference and moderated, I believe his name was Greg. I could be getting that wrong. Thanks a lot, though. And uh, thanks for listening, everybody. I hope you enjoyed it. There will be much more to come on the podcast in terms of Anime Next coverage, including a panel by Greg Ayers and uh, possibly a Del Rai panel with Dallas Middow. Uh, lots of stuff. Look forward to it. Okay.